Let's Get Two presents Go, Go Astro! Go, Go Astros! A focus on H Town Hardball. And welcome to a special Go, Go Astros. Uh, it is Veterans Day today, and uh, Veterans Day is a big day for me. I am um, seven year Army vet. I think most of you probably know that if you've been watching. Um, particularly let's get to, um, yeah, seven years and, um, enlisted in the mid nineties, um, did a year plus in Bosnia during, um, I four and then became S four, um, had, you know, some hairy situations as, as often happens in a zone like that. But, um, being in the military was such a informative and important, uh, process and part of my life. And being an Astros fan, especially really helped get me through a lot of that, especially when you think about how good some of those teams were in the mid to late nineties. Um, but I always kind of remember um, one specific Astros moment that I had, and I had the Sergeant major, uh, his name was Sergeant major McGarry. He was old when I knew him, he's probably not with us anymore, but Sergeant Major McGarry was a, a Vietnam vet who was our command sergeant major for 2nd Cavalry when we went to Bosnia. And I had gotten some award for something. And, you know, you get the award from the commander, and then the sergeant major is supposed to shake all the enlisted guys' hands and give them, like, some well wishes. Well, the thing about Sergeant Major McGarry is he was a um, – well, he looked like Gargamel from the Smurfs, really and truly – he um, was, he had like four teeth in his head. He had these cigars that he didn't really smoke. He just sort of chomped on. So when he took them out, it was just like strings of a tobacco. It was, it was gross. Uh, but he was also a massive, massive Yankee fan. And, you know, of course, this is also the time of the 90s Yankees, which were better than the 90s Astros. But there was something like, you know, the Astros had the fourth best win percentage over like four or five seasons in that area, in that era. And so he's pinning this award on me and he, rather than talk to me about, you know, being an enlisted person and moving on in my career and, and what it would be like to be an NCO someday, he just went through all the reasons why the Astros would never win the world series. And uh, I always thought that was cool because it showed, I think it showed a lot more respect for the job I was doing than just some sort of empty platitudes. He connected with me. He, he, you know, in that very military way, uh, kind of teased me a little bit. And so I appreciated it, but, um, you know, always the Astros were with me hard to follow at times. Um, for a time I did live near the Astros, I think double A at the time, um, team. So that was kind of cool. Um, but even overseas in Bosnia, even living overseas in Germany, you found ways to find them, be it the stars and stripes, be it, um, be it the other things. So, um, the armed forces network. So yeah. Um, you know, just want to send a happy veterans day to all of our, all of the, the, the friends of mine who served. Um, and we have a special interview, but before we get to the interview, I want to show uh, a segment that one of my students directed, uh, for our students our newscast and it's a little bit about veterans day for those of you who maybe don't know the difference uh, i thought it could be pretty entertaining and i think my students did a great job writing some questions and, and putting this together what is veterans day 
So Veterans Day is a day in, in the U.S., in, in our country, where we stop and pay respect to those people who served our country. Um, the thing about Veterans Day, though, is it draws a big distinction between Memorial Day, which is set aside in May for those people who made, paid the ultimate sacrifice, uh, who gave their lives for our country. And then there's also Armed Forces Day, which recognized those people still serving. What does Veterans Day mean to you? You know, Veterans Day for me, um, it's a day that's increased in importance as I've gotten older and removed, gotten farther removed from my military career. But to me, it's a really a time to reconnect with a lot of the brothers and sisters that I served with. Um, a lot of them are still, some of them are still even active duty to this day. But it's a time for me to kind of reflect on that shared experience. Um, you can imagine that it's a, an experience that's very different. It's a, it's a bit more um, of a heightened reality than what we generally live day to day. And so the farther removed I get from it um, and the more friends I, I lose contact with, um, the more I sort of look for some kind of connection to it again. And so Veterans Day is a great time for that. Um, it's not just a time to get a free burger from Chili's, although they do do that too. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just an opportunity for me to kind of reconnect with really good friends of mine. And um, we try to connect more through the year, but this is the day we all set aside for phone calls and shared mem memories. And then obviously some re respects to, to our brothers and sisters who didn't come home. What part of your identity has been shaped by your service? It's, it's interesting because so much of it, and um, you know, on a sort of surface personality-wise, I'm, I'm pretty much the same guy that I was in high school. Um, I, like, I like nerdy stuff. I'm into sports. I like movies, all those things. Um, the kind of basis of me as a person really was reprogrammed in the best possible way. And I use the word reprogramming, right? And everybody thinks, oh, I told you the military were robots. And that isn't the case at all. Um, I came out of basic training a much more confident version of myself, a much more disciplined version of myself. Um, I joke that, you know, my teachers at St. Pius X High School would laugh if they knew I taught high school at a Catholic school. They would feel like it was ultimate proof that God has a sense of humor and that karma is real. Um, and it, I can see why, because I was kind of a hot mess that went from one idea to another with, with zero ability to stick with it. Um, the military helped give me that. It helped focus the best parts of my personality, the best part of myself into whatever goal I was working at at the time. And I don't think I could have done anything like I did with my film career with the film festival or even creating this program if I didn't start with the basis of, of learning how to be focused and disciplined through the Army. What is it like being a veteran in the U.S. today? Uh, it, it's an interesting question because here... It's a much different reality than it was as recently as, oh man, now 30 years ago. Um, now, when people find out you're a veteran, and it happens to me either at school or, you know, if I had a baseball game I'm covering, I, I do a hand salute during the anthem. And there's always someone who said, thank you for your service. And I'll be honest, sometimes it's awkward for me to hear that. I don't know what to say. You're welcome for the freedom. I mean, that's, I don't know how to really do that. But I think about, how much better that is than when the guys who came home from Vietnam and what they were treated like. They were spat on. They were called baby killer. All of those things. And I just can't imagine surviving the most horrific experience of your life and then coming back to another almost equally, at least emotionally horrific experience. So, you know, for me now, um, there's a lot of stuff that I still have to deal with from the military. Um, I'm pretty open about talking about PTSD stuff because we have to be talking about it. Otherwise, 
Um, it's why we lose so many veterans uh, every day because it's hard to wrap their head around. But I think at the end of the day, I'm really thankful to be a veteran in this era than I would have been at any other. Has being a veteran influenced how you teach? Yeah, I, I, think it, I think I rule my classroom with an iron fist, and I think that's what it comes from. No, I think, uh, you know, it's interesting. I, because I teach film, and I know that teaching film is e easily dismissed as a class that's maybe unimportant. And, like, if you're trying to compare me to the biology teacher, absolutely I get it. Ms. Thurman, I know you teach some science of sorts. I don't know. Uh, but you're obviously important. But I think what it, it's allowed me to do is realize that we have a young generation of kids that I want to, A, have some of the discipline that I had coming out of the military when it comes to chasing down this career. Uh, it's easily, easy to have a film career, and it's, it's, you can make it happen, but it takes a lot of intestinal fortitude and, distant, and discipline and the ability to not take no for an answer. And so I hope to impart that. But I also want them to realize, like, look, we are living in a society where we have a lot of comfort and a lot of, I know the word privilege is like a, a, a word that everybody kind of freaks out today, but it's true. Like we have more privilege living in America than someone who was born somewhere else. And I want them to at least have appreciation that the reason why all these kids can decide frequently or freely that I'm going to go to school and study this or I'm going to do this with my life is because we have a whole generation of Americans who willingly pay the ultimate sacrifice for that right. And I, as long as I can impart a little bit of that, then it's worth it to me. Do you have a special connection with other veterans? I do. And it's, what's interesting about some of that is um, on the surface, there's not a whole lot of us in common, really. Because the military is like everywhere else. It's, it's a really nice microcosm of the country. And so, you know, there are certain things that a lot of vets are into. I'm not a hunter, and that's a big thing they do. Um, I don't know why I'd willingly be cold and wet, but that's a thing. Um, but there is obviously a common ground. And I, it was funny because at St. Michael's, um, they had a, honor, a military day for the, at the football game. And you had clusters of vets, and somehow we had all found our branch. So I was hanging out with a bunch of Army dudes, and there were Navy guys and Air Force guys. So it was, uh, it was definitely something that kind of uh, was special to share. So thanks for watching. Now let's jump into an interview with active duty service member and big Astros fan, Corey Hawkins. All right, so we're excited to jump on Go Go Astros as we continue to digest uh, the World Series. We've got Corey Hawkins, who active duty military. We're bringing him on for Veterans Day. To talk a little Stroh's, Corey, how's it going, man? Pretty good, man. How are you? How you been? I'm okay. I'm good. Um, we're, we're getting to the point where we can say the World World Series without vomit uh, coming up. So <laughs> Yeah, pushing the always, week now. It should be good. Yeah, it should be good. So tell everybody real quick where you are. Um, I know that you're, or if you can, I guess, where you are and yeah, what yeah. your MOS is. So uh, I'm at uh, JRTC at Fort Polk, the Joint Readiness Training Center. Uh, I'm a 15 Papa aviation operations specialist, kind of like a flight dispatch for uh, army helicopters, army aviation. Ah, Fort Polk, where the weather is almost getting to the point where you can tolerate it. Yeah, pretty much. It's in the <laughs> 60s right now, so it's not bad. I think it's pretty comparable to Houston right now. Yeah. Um, well, talk to me a little bit about just following the Strohs, like through deployments and through just sort of being dis. like how often at Fort Polk are you able to see it? Like if you get the MLB package, are you able to watch it? unlike most people who can't watch anything with that package? Uh, so I watch it uh, through, uh, through the internet, not necessarily uh, the most popular of means out there. <laughs> <laughs> but 
but I got to do what I got to do, man. I got to watch all the games. I got to watch other games too. So I got, I got three monitors set up. I, I got the Astros. I got whatever team I want to root against, like the Yankees or somebody. And then I got like uh, some other games going on over here. Um, let's talk a little bit about the world series then, man. Like what were your takeaways? Like what in your thoughts, what went right, what went wrong, more went wrong, but just talk to me about it. You know, it was kind of the, the story of the Astros second half where like the bats kind of just went cold. The pitching's, the pitching's always there, right? Uh, we're not giving up any runs, but we're not, we're not scoring any runs. And it's kind of, kind of how it went the second half of the year where we get streaky. Like we got kind of streaky at the end of the, the Boston series. And then we hit the brave series and then we kind of did the bats just went dead. Yeah. That was the thing that kept, uh, kept running through my head was how like all of a sudden they just wouldn't hit. And the fact that it happened twice. And I think you can explain away some of those games in Atlanta. I do think things like batting practice matter. I know that people will tell you it doesn't, but I think seeing the ball come off a hand in a new ballpark matters, oh, yeah. but, but it doesn't explain game six. Uh, no, not at all. I, I, I don't know, man. I'm, maybe they got in their own heads or something. They felt like they got too far behind. They, they seemed like they had a bunch of confidence going into the game, but I didn't, I didn't see it uh, when I was watching it for sure. Um, one of the things that's obviously going to be on everybody's mind is Correa. First of all, where do you sit? You know, there's two camps on Astros fandom. Like there's hashtag pay the man. Yeah. Or there's hashtag pay the man in parentheses, but not to a degree that detriments the future of the club 10 years down the road. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Where, where are you on all that? Man, uh, I'm, I'm kind of more realistic. I think, uh, you know, but back in the day, there was there used to be some uh, some loyalty amongst players and teams. Uh, you don't really see that as much anymore. I think the player is going to chase the money. He's not going to, you know, I don't, I don't think he's going to stick around. Um, I wish he would. I mean, they gave him a great deal, uh, at least as far as the salary per year. Uh, but I think he wants something more long-term. Uh, I think if he wanted to win now, he'd stick around. But I just, uh, I don't think that's, uh, that's what he's going to do. That's what he's going to do. Does that perplex you? It, it perplexes me because... I don't see how winning can't be the number one priority. And let's say, let's say, you know, cause one of the teams that are after him the most uh, appear to be the Rangers, like the Rangers are, are at a minimum three years from just being competitive. Yeah. It, it almost makes you wonder if the drive to win is sort of just sort of fake. Yeah. It seems like if he were to do that, you're kind of wasting uh, a lot of his good years. As you say, they're three to five years out from, uh, from being able to win. I mean, what, you don't know what your career, what Correa's career is going to look like in three to five years. He's, he's been hurt the past uh, three or four years off and on. I mean, that could, that could turn into something worse. I just, I don't, I don't understand it. I don't understand why players don't want to, don't want to win now, take the money, take the next five years here. Win now we're still, our, we'll still be in our window in the next five years. So, I mean, why not just stick around? I would think so. I, I think so too. Um, let's look, looking back on the season, what were some of the sort of high points for you that you really just, you know, I'm assuming, well, first of all, I guess, are you at the point where, yes, the season was a success or was it not? So I'm not one of the people who thinks that it's World Series or bust. You know, a pennant is a large accomplishment. Wayne Division is a large accomplishment. You know, uh, 28 other teams uh, don't make it to the World Series. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's a huge accomplishment. So I don't, I don't get the, the, the whole World Series or bust mentality. Uh, it was a successful season. So now moving into free agency, you've got these free agents who are like, hey, these guys are just went to the World Series. They're only losing a handful of players right now. They've got the second best odds of winning the World Series next year. Why don't I want I want to take my services to that team because they have the best chance of winning right now. 
Yeah, I mean, I think so, definitely. And I think, um, I think to your point, the it, it seems like the window is here. And even if it is getting somebody like late in their career, like like bringing Verlander back or bringing Clayton Kershaw back, I think uh, yeah. would really help that young pitching staff. Um, and I guess let's start about before we kind of look back at 2021. Let's look about what do you want to see them do going forward in the offseason that starts well three days ago or something. Uh, I think you mean as far as free agency and yeah, or or trades or whatever. So I think the number one priority should be uh, should be starting pitching. I think that they, uh, as far as shortstops go, they can get somebody kind of mid tier to kind of uh, to fill that gap or to bridge the gap for the next couple of years. Uh, until we can get like you know, uh, what's that, Leon uh, up to the bigs or or uh, what's the other guy's name? Pena. Pena, yeah. There you go. Uh, so I think starting pitching. I think I like uh, like Robbie Ray. Uh, I don't think Scherzer wants to come to the Astros, but maybe Kershaw, uh, one of those guys, or even trading to the A's. I heard the A's today are willing to, to trade their top three starters. They're, they're having like a fire yeah. sale over there. So I mean, it's almost like, like they're having. They're having the kind of sale you have when you're about to change houses. You know how you just like yeah. they're having a yeah. garage I mean, sale. Mar- Marte is a pretty uh, sexy choice over there too in center field. If we want to, if we want to look at that route as well. Yeah, and or or you know talking about getting pitchers. I mean, Chris Bassett already is a fan. He's already been super yeah. cool. Um, yeah. What were some moments though, looking back in 2021, that you were like, this was a pretty badass moment this season? Um. I mean, winning the pennant is always a always a big deal. Uh, the day they they won the the West, because I remember at the beginning of the season, if you go back and look at uh, at like March at the predictions, people like Fox Sports and those kind of guys had us finishing like third or second. So it's kind of look nice to look back at that and this and kind of laugh in those uh, those experts' faces uh, as far as how how everything played out. I think a lot of that has to do with the whole 2017. They don't want to predict that a good team like the Astros is going to be good because they hate us, but you know. It's it's fun to look back at that and uh, and kind of laugh at that. Hate us because they ain't us. Exactly. Um, <laughs> talk to me a little bit about just sort of being you know in a military community. Um, for those of us, for those of you watching who haven't served, it can be a pretty. Um, it's a lot of fun, but a lot of shit talking that happens. Um, oh, yeah. What's it like being an Astros fan in that particular environment? Or, I mean, do you have? I mean, I'm assuming you run into a lot of other baseball fans who have opinions. Um, uh, yeah, that's not, it's definitely not the same as Twitter. Uh, cause the Twitter people are very opinionated. <laughs> I talk to most people like they, they bring up the cheating or whatever, but it's not like, Oh, your world series doesn't count or whatever. Cause you're cheating. Like you see on, on Twitter and stuff. It's, it's a lot of tw- uh, shit talking. I got some, uh, I got some Yankees friends. I trash talk to, I got some A's friends. I trash talk to, so that's fun. Uh, I got some angels, uh, friends too, but I don't really have to trash talk them. They kind of do it for themselves. <laughs> That's like cruel and unusual punishment, man. If you have, yeah, to- I don't even, I don't even bring it up. You guys punish yourselves enough. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's it. I just, I, I have very specific memories. Um, now, did you? Now, I know that you've had some deployments. Like, how hard was it to follow the team when you were overseas? So definitely no actual watching the games unless it was a playoffs. They have uh, this uh, the Armed Forces Network over there, where they have like a few channels so they kind of play playoff games. But as far as regular season games. Uh, you you can't watch any. The internet's not good enough to stream it. And then uh, you can kind of follow on like ESPN or the MLB uh, website, kind of see how watch pitch by pitch and see how that's going. But you can't really watch any games unless it's playoff time. 
Yeah, it must be hard. I mean, I I, I remember I'm, I'm obviously older than you, but like it was for me, it was the crawler on AFN just to see like, oh, I think they won. Now I got to wait for the crawler to come back to get the uh, yeah. To get the update or two day old scores in the, in, in the, uh, the newspaper. Why can't I think of that? Yeah, that's pretty similar. You got to wait for the, uh, for every, every other game to go by 14 other games to go by to finally see your own score. Yeah. So I guess, man, just as we wrap up then, um, what do you expect to see out of the team next year? As far as just, uh, do you feel like it, we should be seeing another world series run? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think I think the Astros have, might have a better shot at the World Series than the Dodgers do. I think the Dodgers are uh, they're going to have some losses this offseason. That's going to hurt them a little bit. Uh, Cody Bellinger's not the same way he used to be. That one time he was good. Trevor, uh, Bear, I think if we Trevor had, Bauer is a monster. So that you know. yeah, yeah, screw that guy. <laughs> uh, but I think if we had a starting pitcher or two, uh, I think hopefully we resign Graveman, uh, and then uh, I think we'll be in the same place we were this year. Rocking and rolling. Well, Corey, you know, like I said, it's Veterans Day. You're not a vet yet. You'll get there soon. But again, thank you so much for your service and uh, for coming on and sharing a little bit of that perspective. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. So that does wrap up this episode of Go Go Astros. Remember, it's Veterans Day. Uh, thank someone for their service. If you have someone in your family um, that served, that served, reach out to them. It seems maybe empty, um, or it seems sort of like a thing you do, but there's a lot of pain associated with being separated from the military. And um, a lot of guys are suffering from PTSD. We lose something like 27 veterans every day to suicide. So uh, if you know somebody that served, if you um, are close to someone who was in, even if they just did one, one rotation or one, one enlistment, I did two uh, and then was injured. So uh, if you, even if you just did one in, one enlistment, let them know that you appreciate that because everything that we have uh, in this country, uh, all the ability that we have to, you know, decide tomorrow that we want a new career or be able to say that we don't like the president or to be able to say all of the do all of these things. We have those because we have a voluntary military, a volunteer military force who all raised their right hand, my brothers and sisters, and said this thing is worth fighting for and worth dying for. So if you know someone who served, reach out to them, thank them for their service, uh, take them out to lunch, do any of and all of those things. And I think you'll even feel a little bit better about yourself. But that is our episode. Uh, we'll be back very soon. Go Strohs.